Hello and welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast for week 14 of the NFL season. I'm your host, Nick Splitter. Once again, I'm joined by Ryan Lepore. Lepper, it was a better week for both of us uh, in the punting department. Maybe I should do the, the show Drunk and in the Dark every week. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, it was a great week on and out from the from the betting perspective, I suppose, in terms of the, the plays. We both went two and one, as you mentioned, and um, managed to get some both long shots up as well. So it was a it was a productive week uh, in terms of the predictions and uh, we'll hope we carry it on this week. And like you said, the recipe might have been um, some drunk in the dark work and and me, but now you're back in the in the host chair and, and, uh, and, and back in the swing of things. It feels a lot more comfortable, but uh, we'll see how we go this week. Well, might might stick with the drunk theme. I've got a couple of beers here in front of me, so I'll, uh, I'll try and get through <laughs> them over the next hour or so. But uh, no, no darkness this week. I've got the lights on and everything seems to be working all right from a technology standpoint. But um, thanks to you, mate, for, for keeping things going over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it's, uh, it hasn't been ideal, but um, made it through and uh, and well done for, for doing all that over the, the last couple of weeks. But um, No, absolute pleasure, mate. And it's nice, it's nice to just see your face this week after a couple of weeks. Obviously, you were away and then, yeah. Literally looking at a black screen all night last week. So <laughs> it was interesting. With the, uh, with the roof closing in and the weather playing havoc but and the power out. So, look, um, orders restored this week. And, and like you said, hopefully we can uh, continue on some some momentum we got from last week. Yeah, no. And uh, and apologies to the listeners for the audio quality last week. It was uh, first time doing it on the, uh, on the, the mobile phone. But uh, not back in front of the microphone behind the microphone, I should say, this week, and uh, hopefully it all goes smoothly. But if you do like the show, please remember to give us a rating and a review on Facebook, on iTunes, wherever you listen, wherever you engage. Um, jump on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you like, and uh, come and have a chat. But uh, we'll get into it this weekend. Uh, we've got a question from Neil Dutton, the fantasy or a fantasy writer for Rotoviz, who asks, weather games, good or bad? And, and what he means is, you know, snow games, hail games, storm games, fifty mile an hour wind games, that sort of stuff. What do you what do you reckon, mate? Is good good for the NFL or not? Yeah, I, we were just chatting off air about this, and I I loved it. I like I said to you, I, I was glued to Monday Night Football. That that Bills and Patriots game was absolutely fascinating, and despite Mac Jones only attempting three passes, which was just a crazy stat in itself in in the modern day NFL, it was so intriguing. And like I said, I couldn't keep my eyes off it just for the gamesmanship, the whole. Um, you know, which coaching um, move would happen first in terms of would you kick the field goal? Would they go for it on fourth down? Do you kick the extra point? Do you not? Uh, just with so many weather factors in terms of the wind and it wasn't overly snowing or anything, but it was just bizarre to see. It looked quite still on television. You couldn't tell uh, the gusts, I suppose, of the, of the wind, but um, the weather must have been playing havoc. Um, you could see how cold it was just by looking at the, the players and the fans on the sidelines, but yeah, it was a it was a big game, and I loved it. I just thought it, it just adds a bit of extra dimension to to the football, and you don't want to see it every game. Obviously, um, we want to do see the highlights and the big plays from the the superstar players. But yeah, if you throw one of them in every week, I, I would absolutely love that. And I think it's um, only good for the game. It obviously played into the Patriots' hands uh, with the master Bill Belichick last week. But um, yeah, a bit of work for Buffalo to do now, but. Yeah, in terms of the weather, I think I think it's actually great for the game and, and keeps you on your toes. And in terms of um, what to watch for, and, and you know, um, getting some different players involved and and some different things happening. Yeah, spot on. I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I think you know the word you used was fascinating, and and it certainly wasn't you know a highlight reel type game. Um, the entertainment factor, uh, you know, from from that kind of highlight 
um, amazing athleticism type thing that, that, you know, the spectacle that we're used to out of the NFL um, at the moment was kind of not there, but it was, it was incredibly fascinating and intriguing, like you said. And um, it was just amazing watching that all unfold. And, um, you know, in, in this type of, of era of football, you know, it's such a quarterback based game and to see Mac Jones throw the ball three times was uh, unbelievable. And, and I think he had one throw to, to halftime and had two in the, in the second half. Um, but it was just incredibly fascinating to watch. And yeah, I'm with you, Matt. I, I, I wouldn't mind having, uh, having one or two of those every, every now and then. And obviously you don't want too, too much of it, but um, it does throw a bit of a, a spanner in the works, you know, from a fantasy perspective, from a, a betting perspective. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, like I said, the, it wasn't the spectacle, but it was it was incredibly interesting to watch, and uh, watching that unfold was was quite fun. I thought, um, but uh, we yeah, really absolutely. On. And sorry, mate, just to jump in one more time is yeah, we'll we'll probably see a couple more of them. Hopefully, you know, over this you know December period when it gets really cold in in some parts of um, the United States, of course, especially in the, that eastern eastern seaboard. So look. Um, I know Green Bay and Chicago are playing out at um, Lambeau this week, um, and that I'm not sure what the forecast in Wisconsin is going to be like. But you know, there's always a potential for those kind of games to to see some snow or some some wild weather. So that might give the Bears some sort of hope if if it is if it is um, some crazy weather. Yeah, spot on. And and one thing that we uh, we shouldn't forget is that 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 result and the fact that the Patriots handled that weather better gets us one step closer to a Brady Belichick Super Bowl. Uh, in uh, in a couple of months' time, so uh, well, not even a couple of months, a month and a half. So, um, look, really intriguing time of year for uh, for the NFL, and and there's um, some interesting matchups this week as well. It's um, one of the lowest point total rounds of, of football that I can remember. There's only only two games hitting the fifty point mark, and only two more hitting the forty five point mark. So, a really intriguing slate of games this weekend. Um, but just a quick look back at last week, like you mentioned, we, we both went two and one from our three best, but mate, it took you a little while to get into the swing of things from the, uh, the long <laughs> shot perspective, but you were on a hell of a run at the moment. You had what a $25 shot, uh, $23, yes. Yeah. 23 before when you were gone and, uh, two um, long shots saluted last week. Yeah. One at four fifty, I think it was with the, the dolphins keeping that score very low and, and also covering the spread. So Look, um, there's a few games I like in the unders, and I know you're keen on a few this week, which is what you mentioned, a lot of low lines this week. But we've seen just the defences. I don't know if it's the defence getting better for each team or, or the offence is slowing down, but we've definitely seen a trend in the, in the you know, the last few weeks of games being a lot lower scoring than they were at the start of the year. And um, it usually kind of almost goes the opposite way. So it's it's been an interesting season in that respect that the, there's been a lot of defensive struggles. I mean, a lot of teams winning with you know, one touchdown or, you know, four, um, 10 points or 13 points and yeah. and getting the job done. So, yeah, I, I, I like the I like the low totals to continue this week and and that's been the trend in, in the in the recent weeks uh, we've seen in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like we've lost a little bit of the, I guess, the consistency or uh, or, or something in, in a lot of the offenses across the, across the league um, kind of post the halfway mark. Um, I don't know what it's been. Obviously, you know, a lot of players have missed games. There's been a lot of injuries again uh, this year and, and you know, to, to some really important key players as well. Um, obviously, the, you know, the COVID ins and outs kind of each week is, is an intriguing thing to watch. But um, it does feel like it's been a low-scoring 
kind of less offensive league over the last you know month or, or six weeks. So yeah, definitely something, something to keep an eye on. And, and like you said, you know, coming into that that wintry weather, um, that that type of trend could well continue as well. But um, looking forward to week fourteen, we'll uh, we'll focus on our best bets um, and why, and then we'll end with a, a couple of uh, ten dollar. Uh, Long shots and, and you know, over $3 each um, and our three best of the week. Uh, remembering that we're recording on a Thursday night Melbourne time on the Australian East Coast. So uh, some of these lines and player props and, and that sort of stuff are subject to change over the course of Friday and the weekend. But uh, let's get stuck into week 14. On the bye is the Indianapolis Colts, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots and my Philadelphia Eagles. But here we go with week 14, Thursday night football, Pittsburgh at Minnesota, the Vikings minus three, the total is 43 and a half. And if there was ever a team that was always, always going to lose to the winless Detroit Lions, it was Minnesota. And I really wanted to play against the Vikings last week, but I didn't have the guts. Um, we spoke about it briefly when I was sitting in the dark in the lounge room. That, that, yeah, I, I was, thought you played I was, Lions. No, I didn't play them. I wanted to. Oh, I wanted yeah, to. You must I didn't have been right on the fence. Yeah. Because yeah, I, 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 I didn't. As you said, well, you were writing it down in the dark and scribbling on notes, and we didn't have it on the spreadsheet. So um, we didn't actually have your official plays, or I didn't have my, your official plays in front of me. But I thought to myself that you that you had the lines, but yeah, um, yeah no, you must I, have just been sitting on the fence. I, I liked them a lot, but I just didn't have the guts <laughs> to follow through with it as an official play. But um, I'm not afraid to bet against the Vikings this week. It was nice to be on an underdog for the spread and the money line last week. I think we were both on the Steelers to win. Yeah. last week and, and to upset the Ravens as a four-point dog. But um, we, we know the Steelers have been inconsistent over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of seasons, I guess. But um, before that inconsistency, they were on a really nice run of kind of strong results. Just before that, they had wins over Denver, Cleveland, Seattle, and Chicago. I think here at the at the at that line with the field goal, I'm, I'm taking the underdog uh, Thursday night football, Pittsburgh plus three. And I've got a couple of player props uh, that I just want to touch on. Najee Harris, 71 plus rushing yards. The Steelers know that when they feed the run game, that they play much better football. You know, Big Ben's done. He's cooked. They just need to run the ball. Harris had 71 or 72 rushing yards last week on 21 carries. Um, The Ravens are football outsiders, number five ranked rush defense. So imagine what he can do if they feed him against the 29th ranked rush defense. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play Najee Harrison. And I really hope that they carve out a nice role for him. Uh, in this one, and Minka Fitzpatrick on the other side of the ball, uh, over seven and a half tackles and assists. He's done it seven times in eleven games this season, including three of his last four games. So, a couple of uh, little player props on offense and defense for the Steelers. But uh, what have you got in this one, mate? Mate, yeah, it, it's it's really a flip of the coin for me. And and look, that that three points is on on offer. For Pittsburgh does look a little bit juicy, but as we as I touched on off air. There's no confidence in either team from me. And and the reason, and it might sound stupid, but I'm just going to take you on here in a head-to-head. We haven't had one for a, a very long time. So I'm, I'm just going to play the Vikings at, at minus three here and, and take you on because why not? And look, I, I, like I said, I can't trust either team. Obviously, the, the Vikings did a Vikings last weekend. Again, failed to cover the line when they started a, a favourite. Um that's uh, a shocking record this year. I need to look it up exactly exactly what it is, but it's around six of, of or five of six that they've started favourites and, and failed to cover the spread. So look, 
I, I it's hard to believe that I'm going to take him here as a favourite um, against the, the defence that we've seen um, from Pittsburgh last week. But I just think that the, the Vikings are very up and down and, and, and last week was obviously a, a big down and, and they'll have their up week this week. There's a chance Dalvin Cook could even return as well to, to bolster that run game with Alexander Madison, who, who stepped in and did a fantastic job again last week as the lead back. But just wasn't enough. Um, they couldn't stop Jared Goff on a two-minute drill, can you believe? So, look, that, that probably speaks to volumes that it could be a long day, if especially if that Pittsburgh run game gets going, as you mentioned. Uh, Justin Jefferson was an absolute beast last week. Um, he had to do it all with Adam Thielen going down in that first half. And AT will be missing for this one. So, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on Justin Jefferson, how much he can carry that team. Uh, Tyler Conklin, he's had a great season at tight end as well. And, and Kirk Cousin has, has continued to play well. But uh, look, yeah, like, I don't know why, but I'm going to, have to play the Vikings, like I said, just to take you on, I think, for a bit of fun and um, see what we can do here. And it's a huge game for both teams in the playoff race. Uh, so the Steelers um, got back to over 500 last week with a win uh, and got themselves back in that wild card position in the AFC while. The Vikings slipped out of their wildcard spot with that loss, getting to five and seven. So it's imperative that they win this. Um, another loss here could almost spell the end of their their season in, in such a logjam with the NFC. So, look, um, with absolutely zero confidence, I'm going to take you on and try and get that head-to-head record a bit closer uh, and play the Vikings here, mate. It does sound like a stupid reason to oh, play a, a bet, sh- but... You'll probably get it now. It'll probably it'll probably lob now. So good luck. Um, I can't I can't argue with you. Yeah, whatever uh, whatever whatever gives you confidence. So there it is. Um, Las Vegas at Kansas City. The Chiefs minus eight and a half. The total is forty seven and a half. Do you want to kick us off for this one? Yeah, the Chiefs, and it's the Chiefs' defense that has turned things around incredibly. And after the start we saw, we we were talking about how how much that Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to have to carry the defense, and is there any chance to to be having another Super Bowl run this year? But it's it's flipped on its head, and and the Chiefs have been unbelievable in the last five weeks with that defense, and their offense looks sluggish and and really um, really poor in the last few weeks. But despite those struggles in offense, they've won five in a row. They're in control of that AFC West. They're even knocking on the door to be the number one seed in the AFC incredibly again. And um, look, obviously, like I said, that defense has been just incredible. They've um, allowed just 11.2 points a game in that winning streak. Um, they they were all over Denver. Denver couldn't get anything going last week in a game where the Broncos really had a chance to, to make a statement there and, and, and uh, upset the apple cart. And, um, but yeah, Patrick Mahomes' incredible run against the Broncos continued. Uh, Las Vegas killed us both last week. It was the only one we lost. It was our lock of the week too. Um, Derek Carr couldn't get much going in that first half. He got the second half definitely improved for the Raiders, but they couldn't stop Taylor Heineke on that final drive, and they and they fell again below 500 thanks to uh, doing a very Raiders uh, thing and, and Luke snatching, um, snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory once again. So, look, I can't see them upsetting the Chiefs here. At that eight-and-a-half line, I don't want to play. I know the Chiefs accounted for them pretty comfortably in Vegas only a few weeks ago. But like you said, Chiefs and a big line start isn't overly um, – is, is a bit fraught with danger lately, although they did cover the minus 10 that we were both on last week. But, yeah, look, I, I don't think um, I'm going to play in this one and, and sit out, but I think Kansas City just keep rolling and, and the Raiders waste another season here. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it was such a Raiders thing to do last week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they can, they're consistently inconsistent, aren't they? That's how we've kind of described the Raiders for years, yeah. and that's how that's how I remember them pretty much in, in my lifetime of, of watching football. In this one, I'm leaning to them with that eight and a half point spread, but I can't. I, there is zero confidence, and I have no trust in them at all. And and on the flip side, I also can't take the Chiefs with any confidence at that spread because we know, you know, outside of last week and and that that minus ten line that that you mentioned, that they're just they're not very good at covering those spreads at the moment. You know, over the last year and a half or two seasons, so I just can't I can't take them over a touchdown at the moment, even though I think that they probably win by more than a touchdown and, and they are a touchdown better franchise, but I just can't, I can't play that this week. So I think uh, we're probably on the same page in that one that we expect a, a Chiefs win, but just uh, not willing to take it as a, as a play. Um, New Orleans at the New York Jets, the Jets plus five and a half. The total is 42 and a half. What have you got? Yeah, absolute blockbuster this one. Uh, look, <laughs> the Saints are actually coming in with that five game losing streak. It's the first time in the Sean Payton era that the New Orleans Saints have had a five-game uh, skid in a single season in uh, while he's been coached. So it's it's almost rock bottom for the Saints. And as we're chatting off air, mate, there is about as boring an offense that you can you can find at the moment in the NFL. And, and they're not it's it's very unlike the New Orleans Saints, um, which we know are, are more that high octane offense with you know players catching balls left, right, and center. Uh look, it hasn't been the case obviously this season with some quarterback instability. They've had three different starters. Taysom Hill, we got, you know, the full full Taysom Hill experience last week, um, rushing for over 100 yards. But he threw four picks and just looked awful throwing the ball. He did hurt his hand or his finger uh, during the game, which which perhaps limited him. But, look, the, the big key here for the Saints is getting Elvin Kamara back. If he does play, they're, they're still unsure, but he's uh, likely to suit up in this one. But, yeah, hard, hard to see. Hard to see too many points in this one, which I know you're really keen on, and um, I couldn't argue with that. But it, it's a game that I'm just going to sit out and, and watch. Well, probably not going to watch at all. But look, uh, um, it's it's a game I'm not going to get involved in. But I think the Saints um, keep their playoffs alive here and, and get a win, uh, a much needed win against the uh, struggling Jets. Yeah, you're right. I I can't see a, a big scoreline in this one. In fact, I kind of feel like this one should almost be the lowest points total of what is already a low total week. And I'm not even sure that it should be at, at 40 or more points at all. You know, they've, they've got Taysom Hill under center again, and he's never going to put up big numbers, especially not through the air. He's never going to move the chains that well through the air, especially without kind of the, the, the playmakers that we're used to seeing on offense for the saints. And um, I just don't think that they've got those guys that are going to be able to make make stuff happen down the field consistently. Like you said, Alvin Kamara's probably back this week. Uh, Mark Ingram's now in COVID protocol, so it looks like he's going to miss. I just, this Saints team, like you said, that they're, they're just so boring. And, and I know that there's a big Saints fan on uh, on Twitter, Becca Hayne, said a couple of weeks ago that this is the most boring Saints team that she's seen in, in her kind of 25 years of, of following the Saints. Um, you always expect some sort of you know trick plays or athleticism or dynamicism or something coming out of New Orleans. And they've just, they just don't have it at all. Defensively, they're still really solid, still really strong, but on offense, you know, they're just lacking everything. And with, you know, whether it's injury or COVID now, or, or just guys, you know, Drew Brees retired and, and whatever, uh, they're just not the same New Orleans saints that, that we're used to. Uh, 
And on the other side of the field, the Jets are the Jets. You know, they've got one of the worst offenses in football at the moment. They're coming up against one of the, the better defensive units, like I said. So, yeah, I kind of feel like this line should be around that 38 point mark um, rather than 42. And so because of that, I've got to take... I've got to take the under, but um, any any final thoughts on this? Yeah, one? look, I'd be interested. I haven't seen any um, lines anywhere yet, even on the Vegas books. But I'd be keen to potentially play Taysom Hill uh, rushing props in this one, just mm. against that that Jets defense that can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass, let alone the run. But look, I think um, after last week, we know he's going to use his legs, especially if Kamara doesn't suit up. But even if he does, I think the Taysom Hill props could really be tasty. In saying that. It's really hard to know what his line's going to be. His line last week was only around 30 or mid-30s um, to rush, and he obviously broke 100. So that, that'll get adjusted pretty quickly, you'd think. But if it's anywhere around that, you know, 50 to 60, I'll I, I still be, um, you know, um, on the side of taking that, definitely. Uh, I feel I feel like, yeah, you, you can get that, you know, you know. Uh, in a, in a whole in one drive, really, if they if he gets going, and you know he's he's very much a confidence player. If, if he starts doing it once and gets a big chunk, he, you know he's going to try and do it again. So, yes, um, yes. and depending how the the game script goes, um, we could see a, a lot of running from from the Saints, let alone Taysom Hill. So, yeah, um, I, just I keep an eye out some of those books. I can't see a blowout either way. So you imagine that it's going to be it's going to be pretty close, and I mm. just don't think there's enough talent real on either side to um to put a whole yes. lot of whole lot of points up but that line that total has already come in a couple of points it was at 44 i think earlier in the week uh 24 hours ago it was 43 and a half it's down to 42 and a half so it's kind of trending that way but um yes it's a matter if you can get on in time before that potentially comes in comes in even more what's that move that line two points mate oh man it hasn't hasn't been a big play until today so (laughs) we'll um yeah it wasn't me it wasn't me but uh, I'm, I'm pretty good on it. But uh, yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad that I'm on the same the same side as the trend. Often I get the, I get it the other way around. But uh, anyway, that's a good sign. Hopefully, um, Jacksonville at Tennessee. The Titans minus eight and a half. The total is forty three and a half. I know it's Jacksonville, but I can't possibly take Tennessee with that line over a touchdown based on the form that they've shown us over the last month or so. Uh, I'm just waiting to see how they come back after their rest, after their bye week. This one is a is a steer clear for me. How about you? Yeah, a bit of a steer clear in terms of the, that Tennessee line, for sure, um, just for that same reason that they've come off the bye. They might get a few bodies back, but, yeah, unlikely. They've, they've actually used 86 different players on game day this season, which which is an, uh, an NFL record um, as far as I've, I've found. And um, it's just insane. Just shows you how much um, they've been they've been struck by COVID earlier in the season, and then um, of course all the key injuries to some some really good players as well. There hasn't just been um, you know fringe players. It's been some some of their best, obviously with Derek Henry, uh, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Bud Dupree. The list goes on. And and look, um, they'll win this game. Um, whether they win it by over a touchdown, as you've mentioned, probably not. And I'm actually keen on the unders in this one. Um, I don't see how. Tennessee put up, you know, 30-plus points in this, uh, and they're going to need to if, that, if they're going to beat that line because Jacksonville just looks so bad on offense right now. Um, Trevor Lawrence has had a – I'd say a poor season. I, I don't think that's unfair to him. He, he You know, with the, with the Raps coming out of college and, and how he's performed over his college and high school career, I think his, his season's been lackluster. And um, obviously he hasn't had the weapons around him. James Robinson missed some time as well. But look, I 
yeah, that offense could only muster uh, under 200 yards last week uh, against a Rams defense that's been struggling. And I just can't see how they put up points in this one. They haven't scored over 20 points for around eight weeks or something like that. So, um, yeah, I don't see Jacksonville putting up too many points. And 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 the same with the Titans for that reason. They'll just kind of grind it out. And I think the score will remain close enough. But, um, yeah, a low score predicted in this one. So I'm happy to play that under 43 and a half, man. Yeah, very very fair summary. I don't uh, don't disagree with much of that at all. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland, big game. Cleveland minus two and a half total is forty two and a half. What have you got? Yeah, huge game, obviously uh, for the AFC North, and, and not just for that, but of course both their seasons. And and if they get to make the playoffs, obviously the Browns need to win this. They're they're sitting at six and six. They just came off the bye and. The week before they played the uh, the Ravens, so they'll play the Ravens for two weeks in a row, uh, in terms of two games in a row, I should say. Yeah. And look, that that game only um, there was only twenty six total points in that. Uh, the defense obviously dominated. We saw that uh, that was the game that uh, there were six turnovers. Um, the Browns fumbled twice, and Lamar was picked off four times um, in his probably worst game of his career. But the Ravens still managed to get the win and. And that's probably just says more about that Cleveland offense than anything. And 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 there's a reason why I'm, I'm um, sticking with the unders again here. Uh, that line of 42 and a half, I think, is um, probably just about right. I would have liked to have seen that at 44 to be really confident. But um, I, I still think there's there's no way that they, these teams, um, unless we see something extraordinary in terms of um, just how the trends have been going with how both both quarterbacks have been playing and how those offenses have been going, yeah, hard to see uh, more than 42 and a half points in this one. So I'll play the unders. Uh, huge, huge game, though, as you mentioned. It's it's almost season over for the Browns if they lose it. Certainly season over in terms of winning a division. Uh, and look, obviously, um, they're looking to make back-to-back, uh, playoffs of back-to-back um, seasons for the first time since 88-89. So it's been a long time between drinks that for the Browns um, to have back-to-back playoff seasons in it. It's certainly slipping away again, especially if they lose this one. So I'd love to see them get the job done at home but uh, and keep that AFC North really wide open, but uh, AFC North crown wide open. But, yeah, I, I can't see many points in this one. In another defensive struggle, I'll take the unders here. Yeah, uh, yeah, huge game. And, you know, another, another rivalry game in that AFC North. Um, we've seen a couple recently, but this is absolutely the type of game that the last place AFC North team in Cleveland could knock off the division leaders in Baltimore, but I just can't play that with any confidence. I think the Ravens should bounce back after last week's upset loss, as we touched on before with, uh, with Pittsburgh and, you know, another Steelers win this week combined with another Ravens loss this week would make things very interesting in that AFC North, as you've touched on Marlon Humphrey is another big loss for the Ravens, yeah. but I think Cleveland are just Cleveland are middle of the road in, in their passing offense. We've seen them have some good games, but there's been far more, I guess, underwhelming games and good games out of that uh, out of that passing offense. Baltimore ranks number five in DVOA in defending the run, which you know that's the Browns' calling card on offense. Um, Kareem Hunt's potentially still not fully healthy. We didn't see much of him uh, last week. Uh, the Ravens were able to limit Nick Chubb to just 16 yards on eight attempts a couple of weeks ago in that game that you mentioned. Um, so I'm going back to Baltimore and I just, I'm not confident on it, but I think that they write the ship this week and I'll probably, probably have a little play on the Baltimore money line as well, just in case. 
Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I don't know if Browns really deserve favoritism, to be honest. So I can see why you'd be playing the Baltimore Ravens in this respect. But um, a major blow for the Browns as well is, um, and to that important run game that you mentioned, is their uh, star tackle, Jack Conklin, um, will miss the rest of the year as well after um, uh, being injured in that that last game. So, look, um, it's the, the signs are aren't great for the Browns. Um, they need to pull something out of the hat here to, to get over the line. So, uh, look, the Ravens, uh, I, I think, probably should be uh, favorite, slight favourites in this. So, to get the start, I think, is a very fair play and can see why you're playing that. But, yeah, I'll play the unders and and I reckon um, a little double, the double wouldn't go astray in that one either, mate. Don't mind it. You mentioned just uh, off the cuff, and, and we haven't kind of discussed this at all, but you mentioned Tennessee being decimated by injury. And, and we've spoken about the San Francisco Niners over the last couple of years being decimated by injury. But surely in these conversations, the Baltimore Ravens have to be up there as well. And it seems like the last two years or so, they've just missed so many playmakers on both sides of the ball um, that it's it's kind of insane. And the fact that they're top of the AFC North at the moment um, is impressive, but they could quite easily end up bottom of the division in a couple of weeks um, based on the injuries that, you know, they keep acquiring and compiling injuries to really important players. Like, like you mentioned. Um, so that's a, it's a real concern. Um, but if, if you had to choose, you know, who's, who's the unluckiest team? Are you looking at uh, the Titans, the Niners or the Ravens? Uh, look, You'd have to at the start of the season. I would have said the Ravens, obviously, because of all those injuries they had in the preseason, and and they've continued to have injuries throughout. But I think it has to be the the Titans because of the the key players that they are missing in terms of um, obviously Derrick Henry was on pace for a record season, um, so to lose him was just the biggest blow uh, to any team, I suppose. And then to add in um, you know a top ten receiver in the league in AJ Brown and a former top one receiver essentially in Julio Jones, who is not the same Julio this season in Tennessee as we've seen in previous seasons in Atlanta. But uh, look, they're obviously a, a gun duo and and to be missing them for, you know, I think they've had them on the park together maybe a handful of times, three or four times in, in, in 14 or 13 weeks. So it's, um, I think the Titans probably been dealt the, the worst in terms of the injury bug, but yeah, I'd say Baltimore are nipping at their heels and wouldn't be too far behind. And like you said, it's a credit to both teams who are, are still vying for that number one seed in the AFC, uh, let alone leading their divisions. So um, full credit to them. And it shows you that you can overcome them with a, with a good system and some good coaches and, and depth around. So yeah, no excuses for the teams that have struggled um, with injuries this season because the Titans and the Ravens are two teams that have proven that despite that, you can still have a successful winning season. Yeah, spot on. And I think if you're a fan of any of those three teams that you have every right to, to feel aggrieved about what the uh, what the football gods have, have handed to your team over the last couple of years, uh, Atlanta at Carolina, blockbuster game this week. Carolina minus two and a half. The total is 42 and a half. The Falcons are terrible. They are woeful on both offense and defense. Carolina are almost as woeful on offense but they're not too bad on defense. And I, I think that now that he's been given the keys to uh, to the engine that Chubba Hubbard's going to run all over Atlanta, um, I'm taking the favorite here with the points while it's under a field goal. Carolina minus two and a half. You got anything to add for this one? No, nah, not a game I'm 
excited about whatsoever in terms of the uh, matchup or the the plays here uh, or the line, I should say. And look, it's a stay out for me. Uh, I can see, I can understand why you, you're favouring Carolina in this one. And, you know, they're obviously still alive in the playoff race. Uh, it's crazily so are Atlanta. But look, um, I think the loser obviously can can punch their ticket to a um, well, not punch their ticket to a postseason because they'll be they'll be on the outside looking in. But obviously, you see how um, that Carolina offense performs without um, Joe Brady. He got the ass during the week. Uh, Matt Rule said goodbye to him. Thanks, but no thanks. So. Um, it's a bit of change going on in the NFL. We've seen with some offensive coordinators and 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 uh, key personnel getting fired in the last few weeks. We haven't seen a head coach yet, mate. Uh, we know we've discussed yeah. that at length. We have talked about it a lot. Yeah, but yeah, so far everyone's hanging on to their job. Uh, obviously, um, Dan Campbell probably got himself another couple of years in Detroit with one win. So, um, look, no, probably I, be made, I, made GM as well after that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't get involved in this game. It's a stay out for me. Well, you, you mentioned Joe Brady. What what do you think the impact on that Carolina offense is going to be without Joe Brady? Because I feel like I, I don't I don't think there's been enough consistency and stability in that offense without uh, a number of guys over the course of the last two years to really make a strong, uh, yeah, understanding yeah, of, of what he was a- trying to do all the time. Yeah. But I think for yeah. this week in particular, I think, you know, if, if you're a, a Hubbard owner in fantasy or if you want to play some running props, and this is probably a good week to do it because, you know, when when you lose your offensive coordinator, you just, you run the ball. Go back to basics, yeah. 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 So what, what do you, I mean, how do you see that Carolina offense at the moment? Obviously, they're missing some guys. Well, yeah. I mean, he's been in the job for, what, a year and a half and, and he hasn't had Christian McCaffrey for pretty much all of that. Um, you know, McCaffrey obviously only played – a handful of games last year. He's only played another handful of games this year. He's the best, one of the best offensive players in the game. Um, and, it, and the offense is totally different when he's there. And look, they've obviously had that quarterback unsta- uh, instability, I suppose, as well, with Teddy Bridgewater experiment not working last year. Um, this year we saw with Sam Darnold um, be an absolute flop. Um, Cam Newton is now back. So, like, it's it's just been all over the place with Carolina. So, um, I think he's extremely, extremely harshly dealt, has been extremely harshly dealt with and, and can, can count himself a bit unlucky. But I suppose that's the cutthroat nature of the NFL, isn't it? When teams are expecting to win or GMs are wanting to win or expect to win, yeah. uh, you know, hard decisions have to be made. So uh, they're, they're a lot um, cheaper to pay out than the head coaches, I suppose. So, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I think we saw at the start of the, at the, start of the year, well, they were three and zip, weren't they? After- yeah, the that's year. right. And they were, and, and Donald was a was a sneaky MVP candidate that at that point. Sam you know, Donald had all the five rushing touchdowns in the first three <laughs> weeks, and you jumped on. Uh, I remember in week two or three when he was about seven fifty to run one in, and he and he got a couple. So he um, he certainly um, went back to the Sam Donald we all know, and um, <laughs> pretty quickly when he started throwing the ball. But look, it, it's an interesting one, and uh, look, I think like you said. That defense is obviously a lot stronger than their offense, and, and probably the reason why um, Brady had to had Brady had to go. But um, you can see why you're playing Carolina here because of that that defensive edge over the Falcons. That, yeah, pretty pretty spot on. Uh, Dallas at Washington, the NFC least another uh, another big game for the NFC East. Washington plus four. The total is forty eight. 
Yeah, the NFC least could become very um, interesting in the next couple of weeks, though, especially if Washington did not off Dallas here. They play each other twice, I think, in the next three weeks. So everything can change. There's a lot of divisional matchups coming up in this in this division. Um, the the Eagles are still going to play the Cowboys again, and and the um, and the football team. So while your boys are enjoying a bye this week, uh, this is the last bye of the season. So we're on the run home. We know we're on the home stretch after after this week. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge matchup for both teams, obvious reasons. The Cowboys, though, with a win, could almost almost lock it up, really. Um, they were pretty good last week. I mean, they didn't play much or beat much. They got back on track with a, a pretty dominant win, uh, and that was their third game in 12 days or something. So, look, the, the mini buy, I suppose, after playing on Thursday night will help Dallas um, no end. And it might give them the refresh they need. They'll be sweating on the fitness of, of course, Ezekiel Elliott, who um, who left that game against the Saints with um, with an injury. It's not sure what the status of he's uh, him at the moment is, but look, obviously Tony Pollard's a, an able replacement and has been probably more explosive anyway over the last few weeks. He's been a a career year for Tony Pollard uh, as a backup and could find himself getting a big contract as a starter somewhere if um, if the Cowboys don't lock him up. Uh, but look. I think the Taylor Heineke magic has to run out at some point. Uh, and I think this is probably the week it does. Look, that defense, like you said, has has improved, but it, it's still pretty ordinary against the pass. And, and that's what um, the, uh, Dallas will be trying to do this week. Um, obviously, they had their their receiving calls back last week and they looked a whole lot better. Gave um, Dak Prescott just a lot more options. And if Dallas are serious, um, the serious contenders in the NFC that, Many thought, uh, look, I think they get back on track here. And, and that defense was back to its best last week. They had four picks, um, including our and Trayvon Diggs had another one. So he keeps up his incredible season. I think Dallas get the job done here at minus four. It's a little bit more than I would have liked. Would have liked to have taken that field goal start. But minus four, still think I'll play it here and, and, and back the Cowboys to get the job done. This is such a weird phrase that I never really thought that I'd hear <laughs> as consistently as I have this year in Taylor Heineke magic. Um, can't can't have imagined that that would have been part of the conversation on this show so often. Um, but you're right. I mean, they're, they're struggling, Dallas. They've been struggling for a, a month or, or so. Um, but you're right. If, if they want to be a legitimate contender in that NFC, then... You know, they have to be too strong here. Uh, I think even with the improvements on Washington's defense that we've we've spoken about over the last month or so, they're still ranked 31st overall uh, in defensive DVOA, weighted heavier to recent performances, which is quite amazing given they've gotten better. So you, that, that just goes to show how bad they were before that. And they still struggle mightily against that air game that you, you mentioned. And, and we know what Dak Prescott's going to be trying to do with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, et cetera. Uh, we know what they're going to they're going to do. They're going to be throwing the ball a hell of a lot this week, um, and I think that there is the potential for this to be a little bit of a blowout. We know that in these kind of division games, that often there are some upsets and and that sort of stuff. But I, I don't see it this week. Uh, I feel like this one could be a bit of a beatdown on Washington, um, and I'm playing that at Dallas minus four. Uh, was having a look at some of the the bigger lines. You know, if you look out to yeah, a touchdown, two touchdowns, etc. And there's some decent money there for, for the Cowboys, which might be worth a look if you agree with that uh, that concept. But you're right. I mean, I, w- I would have much preferred for obvious reasons if that was the you know minus three. But um, you know, I- I'm still 
happy to take the four there. Um, and my only concern is that Washington get themselves up for that division game and uh, Dallas continue to struggle, I guess. But I, I think that they are a much better franchise on so many levels than uh, the Washington yeah, football team. Their offense and defense are both far better. Uh, or they've proven that this season. So, look, um, yeah, they should be too strong, like you said, and, and they have to be if they're, if they're to be that legitimate NFC contender. Spot on. Spot on. Seattle at Houston. Houston plus seven and a half. The total is 41 and a half. You got anything in this one? No, no, I don't, mate. It's it's just an ordinary game, isn't it? Look, I mean, <laughs> Seattle, we wrote them off a little bit last week and and you, you write those kind of franchises off, you know, and, you know, obviously we've seen Russell Wilson and, and um, Pete Carroll be so successful for the last decade and uh, they looked shocked, didn't they? And, and then obviously they came out and, and proved to everyone that they're still could be a force on their day to be reckoned with. Um they should win this, obviously, um, and keep their season alive. But, yeah, not at the seven and a half. No, thanks. Yeah, spot on. I mean, you're right. They should win this, and they should win this fairly easily. But you can't – you've got no trust in, in Seattle at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I'm the same as you. I don't want any part of this. And the one thing that I was looking at was Brandon Cook's receiving yard props. Uh, his line's at 57 and a half. Look, he's a number one receiver in Houston, regardless of – who else? Number is one and number two receiver in Houston. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's probably the number one cornerback as well, and the number one running back, and a whole range of things. But um, he is coming up against the twenty sixth ranked pass defense in Seattle. Uh, he is the number one receiver, and that that organically makes it worth a look. The injury to Tyrod Taylor is obviously a concern. Davis Mills coming back is a concern. Uh, Cooks didn't have the greatest time. Uh, when Davis Mills was under center previously. Uh, it means that I'm not as confident as I would have been had it been Tyrod Taylor, but uh, it's still worth a look and, and I might have a little play. It's not one of my big ones this week, but probably worth a little look and, and a little play, a little nibble this week. Um, just, you know, because that combination of, of elements is the number one receiver and up against that really poor pass defense yeah. in Seattle. Uh, Detroit at Denver, Denver minus nine and a half. The total is 42 and a half. And that line has come in from 10 and a half to nine and a half. I don't want any part of this. Do you? No, stinky, stinky game. And I can understand why that line would come in. That 10 and a half seems big overs, doesn't it? There, if you think about it, uh, Denver, obviously a, a better franchise than Detroit, but, um, yeah, 10 and a half is a big line. And look, uh, the only positive, I suppose, for Denver last week was Javante Williams. That yep. rookie running back has been awesome this season. And he was enormous against Kansas City last week with 178 yards from scrimmage. And uh, I would be tempted to have a look at some of the props that he's involved in this week in terms of all purpose yards or if it's just rushing yards. We know um, Teddy just likes to throw a lot of check downs to him too, as well. So even receiving yards might be a play. Uh, another big day for him, I think. So um, if you do want to get involved in this game, I reckon he might be the way to go. And hearing pretty much all year that Javante Williams was going to get his get his go later in the year and um, that there was probably going to be a time when he he took over that number one running spot. They've kind of been in a, in a bit of a committee, but it always has felt like Melvin Gordon was the number one guy, I guess, or 1A and Williams was 1B over the course of the, the season. But does Melvin Gordon come back? And, and do they bring him back 
next year or, or do you reckon that they're now kind of handing the keys to, to Williams? Yeah, it could be could be chips in on Williams here. I think he, he'll obviously be there. But um yeah, Melvin Gordon, he's been a, he's been, you know, serviceable at Denver. Mm. Obviously he had his um his big seasons at the Chargers, but he's been uh he hasn't been a bust at Denver, but he obviously moved for big money and and has, has done okay, but he hasn't probably lived up to to the hype that he was signed on, I suppose. So yeah, interesting decision. They're at the crossroads, still the Broncos, aren't they? They're obviously not going to be a contender while they're built like they are at the moment. So I'm sure John Alway, who's not afraid to make some big off-season moves, we've already seen him ship off Von Miller. Uh, look, there'll be some more moves made in the off-season. And, yeah, Melvin Gordon might be some sort of, um, you know, might be expendable. So, yeah, it, it certainly looks like it's um, now Javante Williams' team in terms of that backfield for sure. How do you reckon Aaron Rodgers would look in orange? He'd look good. He would look good. What's the what's the vaccine policy in Colorado? <laughs> Very good question. <laughs> Very good question. I'm not sure if they can get phone service to uh, to Joe Rogan, but um, <laughs> we'll we'll see how that plays out. But I, I do think that Denver makes a pretty big go at uh, at Aaron Rodgers this year. Thought, thought they're saying he's going to be in black and yellow next year. Well, I think I think that would be almost be perfect for him. Um, that would be cool. But I'm not sure whether they've got the assets to, to make it happen in Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, whereas I think Denver and San Francisco are kind of compiling and acquiring more and more assets to kind of have a go. So we'll see. It's going to be one of the intriguing things to watch over the next, you know, eight to 12 weeks, I guess, you know, through the yeah, rest of the Yeah, I mean, obviously the Packers would rather him, if he did have to leave, to go to, to an AFC team like mm. the Steelers or the, the Packers rather than the Niners. I'm sure Aaron would rather be in California though, and um, <laughs> where he grew up, and yep. and have that that option to him after some some pretty cold winters in in yeah. Wisconsin. I think he'd he'd love a, a you know a nice cold uh, or a warm winter, I should say, in in San Francisco. But um, yeah, it's a watchy space, obviously. Uh, in the off season, it's going to be an intriguing one. Just, uh, no matter what happens uh, in February with the Super Bowl. It, it's going to be a very, very interesting off-season. We'll see a lot of change, I believe. Sure, for sure. Uh, next up, the Giants, New York Giants at the Los Angeles Chargers. The, the Chargers are minus nine and a half. Favorites, the total is 43 and a half. The Chargers found a bit of their offensive mojo last week against what has been a pretty impressive defense most of the season in Cincinnati. They put up 41 points on their own. And when the Bengals came back at them to nearly level the score, I think they got to within two points. They were down three touchdowns earlier in the game. They came back to within two points. The Chargers were able to put the foot back on the gas pedal and put some more points on the board in the last quarter. The Giants' defense is nothing like that Bengals' defense, which is far more balanced than anything in New York at all. Um, I got it wrong last week. I thought that Joe Mixon would have a very big game against that Chargers' defense which is ranked last in the league for DVOA rush defense. But this week, the Chargers come up against the second worst DVOA rush defense. And I expect some yards on the ground from both Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen is a huge loss if he misses with COVID protocols. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but he did test positive. Uh, He can still play if he has two negative test results over the next few days. Um, But Jalen Guyton stepped up last week. I think he had four receptions, six receptions for 90-odd yards or something. Um, And he can help Mike Williams this week, but the 
the concern is that Mike Williams only in the last, I guess, 10 or 12 hours uh, in LA has been identified with Chris Harris Jr. as a close contact of Keenan, Keenan Allen. Uh, and both Mike Williams and Chris Harris Jr. are day-to-day with that at the moment. Um, there is no confirmation as to whether they will play or not play, but uh, I believe that they're isolating for the moment and, and a negative test result or two test results over the next few days will mean that they can still play. Uh, the Giants were woeful on offense against what is now a really, really solid defense in Miami, but this Chargers team can give up yardage both on the ground and in the air. Um, I'm expecting some more development from Saquon, who averaged a season high five yards per carry on 11 rushes last week and looks to be moving a lot better than he did just a couple of weeks ago coming back from that uh, that injury. Devonta Booker also averaged six yards per carry only on six carries, but is a handy backup if, uh, if Saquon can't keep improving and, and getting fitter and healthier. Um, I think that there are points in this one, but if both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are out, I will be off this game too. Uh, but at the moment, with the possibility of both of them playing, and even if Allen's out, that Mike Williams still plays of over 43 and a half. How about you? Yeah, mate. My initial thoughts were the overs as well, straight off the bats. And yeah, it's a very low line for, for the Chargers game, especially um, after we saw what they did last week on offense. But it's their defense that, that certainly concerns me and how many points they do give up. I mean, they are only playing the Giants with struggled mightily on offense, but we know after Jason Garrett obviously got flicked the other week, uh, things are surely going to turn around for them. They played a very, very handy defense the last couple of weeks in terms of Miami and obviously the Kansas City Chiefs as well, what we've seen um, that defense turn into. So look, I think they can get back on track with some points this week. Obviously the, the outs hurt the Chargers immensely. They've struggled at home all season, the Chargers, and they actually haven't won back-to-back games in two months. So uh, I think it's a really high line for the Giants. I was actually keen essentially at the start, and that is one of my long shots this week, is a double-double with the Giants start into the overs. And and as an official player, I'll be playing the overs in this one as well. I think there's plenty of points uh, between these two teams. Um, yeah, I thought the, the line was a little bit too big in this one uh, with that start. So, look, I'll, I'll be playing a little double at the double and as one of my long shots with the with the Giants at the plus into the overs. But as an official play here, I'll be playing the overs. I think there's plenty of points in this one, especially we've seen uh, that Chargers defense give up plenty. And, and obviously they were back on track with scoring deep, uh, scoring last week. And Justin Herbert is now only 10 touchdown passes shy of Dan Marino's record of 68 in the first two seasons. So he just keeps going from strength to strength. Justin Herbert, he certainly outdoed um, Joe Burrow last week. So... I think, obviously, he has the edge over, over Daniel Jones for, for obvious reasons. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I trust that, that charge of defence to, to not give up too many points either. So, 43 and a half seems like a quite a low line for this one. So, I'll play the over with Lomo. Yeah, no, uh, solid reasoning. That's a, that's a pretty good stat about um, Herbert. But how, how do you feel about the Keenan Allen-Mike Williams combo potentially not being there does that does that impact your thoughts on the that total at all oh of course it, it, it does a little bit um that's still a, a low line for me even without yep. those two uh he's got some some other weapons around him in terms of um wide receivers tight ends and of course Austin Eckler, who's a bit of a swiss army knife for the Chargers, and and obviously yep. we've seen 
enough skill and magic from Justin Herbert to, 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 to get some points um, any way he can. I mean, obviously, his two best receivers out would hurt immensely, but um, and I wasn't aware of the, the Keenan Allen um, situation until you told me just before we, we went on air. So my initial thoughts were overs, and I'll, I'll stick to my gut there. I think there's still points in this one, mate. So we'll play um, despite the, despite those if, if those two are missing. Next up, San Francisco at Cincinnati. The Bengals plus one and a half. The total is 48 and a half. And I don't trust either of these teams at the moment. The market seems to agree with that, having swung from Cincinnati one and a half point favorites to one and a half point underdogs. This one's a definite steer clear this week for me. No play. How about you? That trend does worry me because that's exactly how I would have um, priced it up or thought the, the books would be. And, and that was that you know one, one and a half favorite for the Bengals. I thought that's exactly what um how I would see this game. I think obviously the home team should deserve to be favorites in this. They're, they're two teams um they're pretty evenly matched and, and have had decent seasons but are just missing or a bit too inconsistent still to take that next step obviously and we saw that last week with the Bengals a big letdown in a really important game against the Chargers and and obviously this, the Niners let one slip against the Seawolves who have obviously been rubbish for, for four or five weeks and, and that to let that one go uh, was a really, really disappointing loss for the Niners and it, it, it was actually a lot closer than it needed to be. The, the Seahawks absolutely butchered a few chances in front of the, um, in the end zone there. So they, they should have been, you know, home and hose a long time ago. So uh, a long time earlier in that game. So it was a really disappointing effort from the, from the Niners and I just think the Bengals are good enough to bounce back here and, and like I said, I, I wouldn't have the other way around. So I'm happy to play the points in this one with um, with the Bengals. And uh, the Niners will be missing their, their key running back, Elijah Mitchell, who's in concussion protocol. So he's, his status is up in the air with a likely chance that he will miss. Um, and he's been a superstar this season when he has played uh, and been a really, you know, focal point for the Niners offense. And obviously, Debo Samuel is still missing as well, who's, who's been their absolute gun all season. So... They really missed him last week, and I think the Bengals defense bounces back after allowing a bucket load of points against the Chargers last week. So I'll back the Bengals here at that uh, at the start. Now I'm very happy to uh, see that they're uh, underdogs. You mentioned uh, earlier the Titans having played 86 players over the course of this season. I reckon the Niners must be about 86 running backs over the course of this season. It's <laughs> such a bizarre situation. I'm not even sure who's going to start. Is or is it? Uh, uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Hasty, Hasty? probably yeah. at this stage because Wilson's yeah. out. Uh, Trey Sermon, who was there, number there, yeah. drafted from Ohio State, hasn't really come on as expected. And I took a flyer at him in fantasy, which I'm still paying the price for, wasting an early pick on him. Um, so yeah, it was a disaster and hasn't got much better from fantasy this season. So uh, I, I think, um, yeah, it, it has been an interesting watch in that running space for the Niners and, and because they rely so heavily on it as well it's been such a such an interesting one as well because we know they're a run first offense and obviously George Kittle's come back to form the last few weeks which has helped them yeah Debo Samuel is an absolute weapon and he, he was sore in this last week and I think his absence again this week will, will play a major part and uh look I don't think Joe Mixon will have another game like he did last week that's for sure so yeah, yeah Bengals think- bounce back in yeah, I think Cincinnati over the course of the season have been more impressive, but they've also had those big, really disappointing weeks. And 
Yeah, I, I can't argue with you. I think your reasoning is is solid, uh, but I just have no trust in them this week. And uh, I, yeah, after the first kind of eight weeks of the season, I just have no trust in San Francisco at all either. It almost wouldn't matter what they do from here on out. Um, I'm not sure I could play the Niners against almost anyone um, for the rest of this season. So we'll see. But um, it, it is an intriguing matchup. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't play that at all. Uh, Buffalo at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay minus three. The total is fifty-three and a half. I think this is the highest line for the weekend. Yeah, and it's a reason why I want to play the unders here, mate. And after what we saw or have seen from Buffalo the last few weeks on offense, they're really um, sputtering along, aren't they? And, and that defense, obviously, you know, they're both great defenses. So. It's a high line for, I mean, obviously they're two great offenses on the day as well, but I just find, uh, you know, with, with how the trends have been going, what we've seen from Buffalo over the last few weeks, I think it, it's a bit more of a defensive defensive game, uh, more of a, you know, 24-20 kind of, I'm oh, sorry, 28-24 kind of contest potentially. So, look, that's that's 52 points. So, I'm happy to, happy to play the unders here. Um it's a must-win for Buffalo. I don't know if they can win, but it's an absolute must-win for Buffalo. Uh, it's an intriguing one, for sure. Uh, and Tom Brady, obviously, can make a statement uh, with the Bucs. So, big game, big game. Um, probably game of the week. Yeah, it is It is a big game. Not sure if it's game of the week, purely based on Buffalo's kind of last month or so, but it is a great matchup. Um, it is the highest points total of the weekend. Um your word, the Bills have been pretty stinky over the last month mm. or so. Uh, should see some better conditions this week in Florida than yeah, we sunshine. saw last week in uh, the windiest part of New York. But uh, this one's a sit and watch for me, I reckon. Uh, just going to sit back and, and watch what will hopefully be a great game of football. Um, I don't have anything on the game itself, but I think for the first time in about four years, I've got a player prop on Gronk. Uh, his line is 50 and a half receiving yards and he's done this in five of the seven games that he started and his last four full games if you don't include the week eight game that he got injured and the two games he missed following that in week nine and week ten um yeah he's obviously one of brady's weapons um and yeah i think that he's uh as he's become more and more acclimatized uh at this franchise over the last kind of 18 months or so um he's become more and more important to what uh, Bruce Arians and, and Tom Brady want to be able to do in this offense. And um, he's, he's that safety blanket when Mike Evans is having a, a, a quiet day or whoever it is um, that Gronk is always there. We know that he's a great blocker as well. Um, he's always involved in the play. So I, I just think that he, um, you know, that, that he, he continues to stay involved in, in this Tampa Bay offense. 50 and a half seems slightly low for me this week. So I'm going to play Gronk at that receiving yards line. But other than that, there's uh, not a whole lot left to play for me, but uh, I can see why you'd want to play that under, um, after, you know, especially after what we've seen from Buffalo over the last four or five weeks. Um, Sunday night football, Chicago at Green Bay, the Packers minus 11 and a half. That's coming from 12 and a half, which is a huge line. The total is 43. And another really, really interesting matchup um, I am leaning the Packers here, but I have been decent betting the Bears plus lines or more specifically not playing their opponents minus lines. And so I'm a bit torn here. This line, 
like I mentioned, it's coming from 12 and a half to 11 and a half only in the last, I guess, 12 or 14 hours, which has me a little worried that the money's coming against Green Bay. Uh, and these, these types of lines, these types of trends are uh, really important to watch over the course of a week. It, it, it has only been kind of 24 hours, but um, given it's one of the later games, it's worth watching that for another another day or two if, if you can. Um, but I th- I'll probably sit out for the time being, but I'm leaning the Packers. Uh, but if that continues to come in, then I'll, I'll probably sit out. Um, how about you? Yeah, it's sit out for me. That line is still still too high for me to, to jump in. The Packers haven't been in, in, in great form over the last month, splitting their last four before the bye. And saying that, obviously, the Bears have got six of their last seven. But it, the Packers should win. Um, they've obviously owned that that rivalry, as we, as we know um, famously, Aaron Rodgers telling them only a few weeks back uh, how much they, he owns them. And then, look, I couldn't get involved, though, at that line, like I said. And, and Justin Fields starting, though, this week, he's been cleared to play. So don't know if that impacts your decision at all, Nick, on this one. If you'd rather uh, take on Dalton or, or Fields, but uh, he looks like he'll get to start again this week uh, and have another shot at Aaron Rodgers for... Yeah, I don't know if that's going to make a big difference. The Packers, though, are the team to watch, I think, in the next, or the run home, just because they're going to get so many great players back on, on both sides of the ball. So they're going to have their left tackle return. David Bakatari, who's missed all of, of pretty much all the last season, hasn't played yet this season. Uh, Zadarius Smith and cornerback Jay Alexander, all their returns are all in. So that, they're, they're three huge names to come, in back, come back into uh, you know both sides of the football and, and, and those respective lines for, for the Green Bay Packers. So they're a really interesting one. They're going to make a deep run again. Um, I'm sure they'll come up short in the NFC Championship game because that's what they do. But, it, yeah, it, they're going to be one of the teams to really watch for in the back half of the season, just for, like I said, for those players to come back. So if they can stay healthy in terms of their skill players now, they're going to be a real big threat when it comes to uh, January. Yeah, no, you're right. Th- those ins for the Packers um... – Bakchari, uh, Jair, Jair Alexander, and uh, Zadarius Smith that you mentioned earlier. Uh, and combined with uh, Justin Fields starting in Chicago, I think are kind of reasons why I am slightly more confident on the Packers here. But um, it's more so the trend that I've had on, on betting the Bears um, or yeah, against, some success with the Bears, I against Bears opponents more. Yeah, yeah like I said, but... Um, yeah, I think I'd I'd rather bet against Justin Fields than, than Andy Dalton. I think Dalton can kind of be that you know, he's a bit more stable, I guess. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It is a it is a big line, um, bigger than I'd like for the Packers in this case. So it, it's a it's a wait and see. But I'll see what the gut says. Yeah, I feel like um, Fields X factor might. Play into the hands of the Bears in mm. terms of when they come up, when you come up against Aaron Rodgers, uh, sometimes that stability doesn't always work. I suppose is, is my thought there. But look, it, um, yeah, it's going to be whoever gets a start or whoever plays against uh, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau is going to be up against it. So uh, look, it's a big line though, like we said, and, and um, yeah, interesting game though interesting game for that reason. Yeah, you're right, and and you mentioned at the top of the show as well. It's worth keeping an eye on that weather report. And the the forecast for uh for Wisconsin uh, come Sunday night because we could very well end up with a hard running game and less of a passing game, uh, as we know the weather 
can sometimes look in that part of the world. Uh, Monday night football, and this is my game of the week. I know you, you mentioned. No, that's, uh, no, I, I knew as soon as you, I said that that you were going to be saying this is the game of the week. And, and well, look, I, I think it's, it's fair. very hard to argue with it. It's, it's I think a, it's look, it's it's fair. You know, it's the highest points highest highest points total of the week that the Buffalo Tampa Bay could be considered game of the week. But uh, I did the sheet, so I'm calling this game of the week. Um, <laughs> The Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are minus two. The total is 51 and a half. How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, this is probably a game of the week. I can't argue with that. It's, a, it's an absolute blockbuster, and it's a, it's a game I'm keen on. Um, I, I'm not – look, the Rams obviously lost three in a row before their bye. They they came back in and trounced the Jags, so it's hard to get a read on it too much. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals, they, they just continue doing what they do, and, and that's winning on the road this season. They're a perfect 7-0, and and they've actually won all those seven games by over double digits, which is the first time that's happened uh, since the 1968 Cowboys won their opening seven games of the season, uh, or road games of the season. So they're back at home this week where they're actually only 3-2, and two, um, so they'd probably much rather be playing Rams on the road where they, they already beat them this year, and Look, it's it's going to be a, a huge game in terms of the context of the NFC West. The Cardinals will, could all but seal it with a win here. Uh, I think they'll have to lose all their remaining games to, to be any chance of losing the NFC, at the NFC West if they are to win this. Uh, obviously, they'll hold the tiebreaker over the Rams as well. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle for the Rams to win the division uh, if they lose this one. So, it, it, it shapes into a massive game. But... What we saw with Kyler Murray last week, he actually had four touchdowns on his return, so he didn't um, miss a beat in his first game of the month. Uh, and he's probably my MVP now again, um, just for the fact that obviously Lamar Jackson's gone off the boil. Um, Josh Allen's gone off the boil. Tom Brady's still obviously in the conversation. Um, but Kyler Murray, he, he's leading his team to a, the best record in the NFL. And if he gets another one here, like I said, almost wraps up his division. Um, and, you know, despite missing those games, he's been flawless in pretty much all of the games that he has played. So I'm not sure what price he is at the moment, but he, he'd be my MVP um, selection right now. And I think the Cardinals get the job done here. Like I said, I'm just not too sure what the Rams are, are going to throw out here. So I can trust the Cardinals, what they've done all season. And that minus two uh, under a field goal seems a fair enough play there for me. So I'll take the Cards minus two here, mate. How about you? Yeah, really, really interesting. And and you mentioned that MVP race, and uh, I can't remember a season where at week fourteen we're kind of no closer to understanding who that MVP is going to be. Whether it's form slumps or injuries or COVID outs or COVID toe, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, so many of the guy except for Tom Brady have missed games or have had that you know uh, quite a, a dramatic form slump. Um, it would be amazing if Tom Brady wins the MVP at, at forty-four-year-old not missing a game. Yeah, that, that's that is yeah. <laughs> insanity. Um, I'm, I'm look. I'm not sure that he deserves to be the MVP, but yeah, I mean, he's been incredibly consistent this season, if nothing else. Um, and he's obviously got a, a high-quality squad around him. Um, you're probably right that Kyler Murray has been the most dynamic. Of all of them, um, but you know he's missed missed two or three weeks, and it's hard to hard to win MVP when you you miss that type of uh, mm. type of game time. So, look, I'd I'd be really impressed with Kyler Murray if, if he can win it. Um, I don't think Josh Allen can win it. 
eight bucks uh, now. Eighty bucks. Oh, eight, 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 eight for bucks. I was going to say eighty bucks. Get on. Eddie Mahomes eleven. Yeah, Mahomes is Mahomes is still a sneaky at at eleven at you know double digits. I think that's still that's probably still worth just because it's so open, Um, and you know that if you know touched on it before, but if the Chiefs win the win the AFC, then uh, you know who else is going to win it? So, look, really intriguing race. But back to this particular game, and I mean anyone who's listened to this show this year knows that I love this Ram squad, and and I really really do. But I'm concerned that the only teams that they've been able to beat in the last five weeks, you touched on it earlier, have been the Texans and the Jags. They've losses, losses three in a row, the Titans, the Niners, uh, and who was it in the... Uh, I can't remember who it was before. Where they lost to... Sorry? Uh, they lost to the Titans, the Niners, and who was it before uh, they beat the Jags? Uh, oh, God, I've gone blank as well. Yeah, I've gone blank too. Um, they anyway, definitely lost three in a row. They they beat the Texans. They had three losses in a row, and then they came out and smashed the Jags. So um, I'm concerned about the Rams. Uh, the Cardinals obviously got Kyler Murray back last week, and, and he obviously makes a huge difference to that offense in Arizona. I think the Cardinals probably deserve to be two or three-point favorites in this one. But even after the fact that they thumped the Rams in week four by 17 points, I just... I don't know. Uh, I've just got a feeling about the Rams that they're going to come back at some stage, and they're going to they're going to right the ship, um, and they're going to prove me right. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> for that preseason and early season confidence. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the Cards deserve they deserve favoritism here, but I just can't I can't take it. Um, it's a no play for me. Any, any yeah. final? No, thoughts? fair enough. Look, yeah, that was the Packers, by the way. Uh, that was the team. Packers, that's right. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I couldn't argue, I, and I, I still think the Rams are going to make a run. I just don't know if I can trust them this week. From what yeah. the cards have shown me, I've got a lot more confidence in them this week, as I said. So, yeah, like you said, game of the week, huge must watch on Monday Night Football because it could, you know, um, say so much about um, the NFC going forward. Expecting expecting a much better Monday Night Football clash than uh, the one that we saw this week, which, like well, Tasha was yeah. was. Fascinating, but uh, not that entertaining from a you know spectacle standpoint. Um, so that wraps up week fourteen. I think we've really only got two plays in agreement this week, and one of them we're uncertain about because of the potential COVID outs in the Chargers Giants game. Uh, so I think the lock of the week has to be the Dallas Cowboys. At minus four. Be, yes. Well, it had to be the Raiders last week and it backfired. But uh, look, we'll play the Cowboys this week. I, I, I do like that overs a little bit more, but um, I'll bow to your superiority and seniority, I should say. <laughs> oh, um, we'll run. I'm not sure about we'll... superiority. <laughs> well, uh... look, I'd be interested. I actually haven't had a look at it, actually, but I think you're in front and you certainly are in our head to heads, mate. So look, we'll, we'll vote Dallas minus four and, um, and uh, hope. Uh, across everything that we can get a win this week. And because um, if we don't, it means it's going to be a losing season because obviously being 17 weeks this season, uh, five and eight now. We need this one. We need this to give, give us a chance of making the playoffs at nine and eight, mate. So, hey, look, um, yeah, it'd be a nice if we can get the Cowboys up for minus four. They did do us a favour uh, 
earlier in the season against the Cats when we had him as our lock of the week. So uh, let's hope we can hope build it in close. Yeah, look, I'll tell you what, if if we got confirmation that Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams were playing, uh, I think it would be a no-brainer for us to play mm. that Chargers game uh, and the overs in that one. But until then, and maybe it become this is lock A, Dallas minus four is <laughs> lock A. And and if we get that confirmation that, that Allen's playing, that Williams is playing, and even if Allen's out, which I think he probably will be, um, and Williams is in, then I think we probably still play that Chargers Giants overs anyway. I think we were both kind of in agreement there. Uh, so maybe that that overs uh, total becomes lock B, uh, depending on what we hear. But I, uh, yeah, I'm concerned that if both Allen and Williams are out, that uh, that puts a huge dent in the Chargers offense. And, and like you said, we know that they rely on Austin Eckler a lot and, Justin Herbert's just having a an incredible um, first two seasons in the league, like you touched on. Uh, but uh, I think lock A has to be Dallas. Um, and fingers crossed that from that perspective that they can get it done. But from a personal perspective, I'm kind of hoping that Washington can get one over them. But uh, yeah, we'll see yeah, how it goes. Yeah, lock A and lock B sounds good to me. Cool, 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 cool. Um, Best bets and long shots. Do you want to kick us off with your best three? Yeah, sure can, mate. Um, playing a few different ones this week. So I'm going under 42 and a half in the Baltimore Cleveland game. I'm going over 43 and a half in the LA Chargers New York Giants game, as we just touched on. And Arizona, mate, I'm I'm going to sneak in to my best this week as well at once too. Very good. Uh, Actually, you know what? Oh. No. Oh, last minute change. Since he plus Ooh. one is what I did have originally. But um, yeah, you've talked me out of the Cardinals a little bit, even though I'm a bit bullish. No, nah, look, I'll go Bengals plus one and a half. I think they deserve a favorite since the nine. So since he plus one and a half, that'll come back to one. The last the last time I talked you out of something, it didn't it didn't work very well. So beware. <laughs> but folks, you've heard you've heard a live changing of the bet here. So you uh, make that what you will. Um, for those that didn't catch it, that was under 43 and a half in Baltimore, Cleveland, over 43 and a half, Chargers, Giants. And what was the Cardinals minus two is now the Bengals plus one and a half. Uh, for me, the top three, Pittsburgh plus three, New Orleans, New York Jets under 42 and a half, and Dallas minus four. Uh, you've been on a hell of a run the last couple of weeks in the long shots, so why don't you kick us off there? Yeah, I needed to because I couldn't hit one um, fell out of the boat earlier in the season. So, look, I um, like the New York Giants in that game that we spoke about to cover at minus eight, oh, sorry, plus eight and a half. It is. The Giants plus eight and a half into the over 44 and a half. It's an alternative line double one. At 420, and then, uh, um, so this is the other long shot. So this is probably why I've got, um, I've changed since into my best, but the other long shot for me was Bengals to win and that game to be under 47 and a half at 375. So um, riding a few, a couple of games there, uh, dabbling at the doubles. So. And uh, what have you got for a player prop this week? You've been pretty good on the props yeah, this season. I don't have, you can see that's blank there, mate. I don't actually have an official one at this stage. I didn't actually find anything 
I like um, that's been formally announced yet. So I'll have a look over the over the weekend and find something. But there's a couple that I mentioned in the previews that I was keen on. I need to see what those lines open up as um, with many of those lines. For the Monday games not being available yet in Australia, so I'll just wait and see. But I will definitely have money. Sounds good. Uh, my long shots, like I touched on earlier, I like Pittsburgh. I'm going to have a little play at Pittsburgh to win outright. So I've gone a same game multi. Pittsburgh to win, Najee Harris plus 71 rushing yards and Minka Fitzpatrick we, plus seven and a half tackles like and assists. We probably, we probably should have one for every Thursday night game, shouldn't we? Because obviously all the yeah. We, I think generally between us, we normally have one. We usually do something, yeah. One long shot or one player prop for that that uh, Friday morning game. Um, little, that, that's the same, same game. It would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe, we'll, maybe we'll add that into the mix for uh, for the rest of the season. But that one comes out to $8. Uh, the second one is New Orleans winning the game by 1 to 13 points and the under 42.5 mark that I touched on before at $4.33, and the player prop that I mentioned, uh, Gronk over 50 and a half receiving yards uh, against Buffalo. Uh, he's done that most of the year, so I'm uh, fairly confident that he does that again this week. Um, any final thoughts on week 14, mate? Yeah, look, there's a few really good games and some really ordinary games as well. So mm. um, let's just hope we get the, the good ones in, the good ones that we just touched on, and and um, it's another profitable week for us, mate. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what um, what happens here the last five weeks before we head into that last month of the season with um, some really big matches and um, some, a lot of movement and jostling, I suppose, with those playoff positions. Yeah, fingers crossed that you mentioned that there are some some tough games, and I think that there are going to be some more coming up over the last the last month of the season. But I think on the other side, we, we're going to get some really important games. Um, so many of... of those kind of division um, yeah. leaderships and, and the wild card spots are, are open uh, for the taking still with uh, with three or four weeks to go. So really intriguing times in uh, in the NFL, and uh, we'll obviously learn a lot more about what that playoff picture looks like over the next few weeks. But as always, follow us on Twitter at Punt Return Pod. We're on Facebook, the Punt Return Podcast. We're on Instagram at NFL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always. Jump on Twitter and give us a yell. You can catch me at Nick Splitter. You can get Lepper at Ryan Lapore. We'll be back next week with the Punt Return Podcast. Can't say go birds this week because there is no birds. But, uh, next week, we'll be back with a full slate of games as we will be for the rest of the season. Looking forward to it, mate. We can't lose this week, so... <laughs> we'll find a way. We'll find a way. We'll find a way.